The Edge is copyright 2006 by Scott Wittenberg. To learn more about this and other novels by the author, please visit scottwittenberg.com. And be sure to check out The Mayday Murders, another free podcast currently available by Scott Wittenberg. Chapter 3 The melody was very catchy. It was simple, but not to the extent of being predictable. Now he was at last ready for the hardest part, the lyrics. As he started strumming the infectious chord pattern for what seemed like the thousandth time, Adam sang the words that popped in his head. I may seem down, but I'm up. She may be gone, but she's not. It may be hate, but it's love. She may seem cold, but she's hot. Adam laughed out loud. It sure ain't Dylan, that's for sure. Lyrics had always been his greatest weakness when composing songs, perhaps for lack of things to write about. He usually compromised his lyrics, deciding that everything had already been said a million times over, and the melody and rhythm were the most important criteria for a good song. After all, he would reason, this had been the basis and foundation of rock and roll ever since its beginning, and to sway from that meant to dilute it. That was one of the biggest problems with rock today, and he wasn't about to forsake his roots. He knew that his songs would always end up sounding beetleish, but he didn't really give a damn. It was that simple. He lit up his hundredth cigarette and took a huge gulp of coffee. Although he still felt slightly drunk, the coffee seemed to be taking off the edge. He had been playing for close to an hour and a half, but didn't feel the least bit tired. On the contrary, he was teeming with energy. Adam always pursued his songwriting tirelessly, especially when he felt that a song was particularly promising, and he was certain that this one was in that category. He had long ago realized that pigeonholing a song usually meant that that song would end up being discarded forever, or even worse, finished later when the magic was gone, and end up a total disaster. He felt that a song should be worked out at one sitting, while his ideas were fresh in his mind and his energy level up. Adam reached for the notebook lying on the table and opened it up. Tapping his pencil restlessly on the binder, he tried to think of a good first line with which to begin the song. He had absolutely no idea what he wanted to write about, and as he tapped away, he realized his mind was a virtual blank. He took another drag from his cigarette and inhaled deeply. Why is this so damn hard? he thought. He picked up the guitar and went through the chords, humming the melody to himself. When he got to the first refrain, a line that seemed to come from out of nowhere emitted from his lips. I feel the love you don't yet know. Adam stopped playing abruptly. He set the guitar aside and jotted the words down. He read them back to himself and considered their meaning. Suddenly, he knew just what he wanted to say. He completed the verse almost instantaneously. I feel the love you don't yet know. It's hiding deep inside. But it's a love that will yet grow, once it's finally realized. Adam tossed the pencil onto the pad with a flourish. That's it, by God. She loves me but doesn't even know it. She simply won't let herself believe it. I've been the same way my whole frickin' life. But for once, I've decided to let myself see it instead of pretending that I'm not capable of being in love. Hell, I'm not above it, and neither is she. I've given up so much of myself for my damn career that I've become completely blind to the real world. I'm in love, goddammit, and so is she. She has to be. We've even talked about defense mechanisms and all that idiotic shit about not committing ourselves to avoid future pain. Well, screw that. We aren't gods and we simply can't beat the system. Everybody needs someone, me and her included. We're in love, for Christ's sakes. Laura, my dear, 
have I got news for you. In a flurry of excitement, Adam retrieved the pencil and scratched down the words that came rushing into his head as quickly as his hand would move. He was in utter disbelief of himself as he noticed the ease with which the words flowed. He soon had three full verses completed with a hook that even Lennon and McCartney would have been proud of. He picked up the guitar and sang the song. It sounded terrific, but he realized he didn't yet have a course. All he needed was three one-syllable words and the song would be complete just three words. All of a sudden the missing words came to him. The chorus and title of the song would be News For You. He rehearsed the entire song from beginning to end and then decided to record it. He laid the guitar down for the time being and began setting up the recording equipment for the session. He positioned a microphone in front of the guitar amplifier and then patched the microphone lead into channel one of the mixing console. After turning both the mixer and four-track tape deck on, he slipped on headphones to monitor the recording, both the live tracks and the recorded tracks. He picked up the guitar and strummed it a few times, adjusting the volume and tone of the incoming signal. Once he was satisfied with the levels, he switched the four-track into the record mode and depressed the pause button. Having readied himself for recording, he pressed the forward button and the reels whirred into motion. He laid down the rhythm guitar track the first time through without a single mistake. Pleased with the initial playback, Adam plugged the bass guitar into the amp and readjusted the gain and equalizer levels to compensate for the variance in tone of the instrument. He began rehearsing a bass line for the song and quickly had it mastered a few moments later. After he set up track two for overdubbing, he laid down the bass track as he monitored the rhythm guitar in his left ear through the headphones. Adam played back the two tracks in unison. He smiled to himself as the music pulsated through the headphones. There was a catchy interplay between the guitar and bass that was quite infectious. Now, onto the vocals. As he spoke through the microphone that was positioned in front of him, he adjusted the level and tone on the mixing console, adding just enough echo to enhance his voice. Then he queued up the tape to the beginning and sang the song through while listening to the recorded music that played over the headphones. He barely had to refer to the lyrics attached to the mic stand because he already knew them by heart. Once the vocal track was completed, he played back all three tracks, listening for anything that could be added to strengthen or enhance the overall sound. It sounded very good as it was, but he decided that he would add a little percussion as well as an extra vocal track. He took out a pair of maracas from the closet and set up track four for recording. After queuing up the tape to the beginning, he readied himself in front of the microphone, the maracas in his hands. After the mellow intro, he began shaking the maracas in an almost calypso rhythm and double-tracked his own voice simultaneously. Occasionally, he switched to singing harmony during the chorus and hook. At one point, he found himself singing flat and had to start over again. Finally, he made it all the way through the song. The playback sounded tremendous. Now, the mix down. He patched the four track by way of the mixing console into the cassette deck. He ran the song through several times, carefully adjusting the individual tracks with respect to their levels and tones. Finally, after several painstaking trials, he felt he had the best blend or mix possible. He then queued up both decks to the beginning and commenced the final mix. Near the end of the song, he faded it out gradually by pulling the slide level knobs slowly toward him. At last, he had a final recording of the song. Adam played back the cassette through the speakers. As he listened intently to it, he started beaming with pride and for the first time in what seemed like ages, he felt elated. The song was simply beautiful and perhaps the best song he had ever written. 
He listened to it once more, and it sounded even better than before, much to his amazement. He played it again and again, just to assure himself that he wasn't imagining how good it was. Finally, he was convinced. The song was great. It was time to celebrate. After turning everything off, he went into the kitchen and mixed a stiff bourbon and coke. Lighting up a cigarette, he glanced at the clock on the wall. It was 3.30 a.m. He yawned instinctively as he plopped down the chair at the kitchen table. Laura must hear this song, he thought. Maybe he could convince her to give everything a second chance somehow. He had never really told her of his true feelings for her, and if nothing else, at least she would finally know of them after hearing this tune. God, he wished he could see her now. How long had it been? Christ, nearly two months. He wondered what she had been doing all this time. He sure knew what he had been doing. Going insane. He had become so goddamn unstable that it was almost scary. How in the hell had he ever let himself get this way? He used to be able to shrug off things like this so easily. Why was this so different? He was paranoid. That's what it was. What was he going to do if she didn't come back? He didn't even want to think about it. Adam drained the glass dry. He got up to fix another drink and returned to the table. As he stared out the darkness through the window, he felt himself growing tired for the first time that night. Wearily, he leaned his elbows on the kitchen table and ran his hands through his long hair with a sustained yawn. Tomorrow I'll call her, he decided. I'll make up some excuse why I have to see her, and with a lot of luck, maybe I can even take her out tomorrow night. If I can just get that far, the rest should happen pretty naturally. I'll play her this song and tell her the truth. She'll probably freak out, but that's the chance I'll have to take. All of the cards will be out on the table, and the rest will have to be up to her. I just have to be convinced, once and for all, that it's truly over between us, and that there isn't any hope whatsoever for us to get back together. That's all there is to it. God, I'm beat. But that's good. I don't think I can stand another thought. Adam killed his drink and went to bed. He fell asleep immediately.